Welcome to the His Call Technology Podcast, where we are communicating tomorrow's business needs today. From just outside Nashville, Tennessee, join His Call as we discuss all things telephony, data, and infrastructure related to business leaders. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of the His Call Technology Podcast. We're glad you've tuned in and we appreciate you joining us today. I'm your host, Chuck, and today I'm joined again by Greg Dixon. Greg is one of six original ScanSource employees in 1992. ScanSource is a longtime valued partner of HisCall. Greg serves as Chief Technology Officer for ScanSource. In this role, he develops and manages strategic technology initiatives for the company. Greg, welcome back to the podcast. Chuck, it's great to be here. Glad to be back with you again. I've been looking forward to recording another episode with you. So far, there's been only one other repeat guest on the podcast, and maybe you can guess, but Gary Luffman has been on twice, (laughs) and so I appreciate your support of our podcast and sharing your passion with our listeners. In a previous episode, Greg and I talked about the Internet of Things, or IoT. On that episode, he described IoT and provided some examples of how IoT is delivering business outcomes in digital transformation. On today's episode, we'll discuss one other technology that enables digital transformation. There's a lot of hype around artificial intelligence, or AI. Before we jump into the technology, let's begin by talking about digital transformation. I first saw one of your presentations at a ScanSource event, and then again, you delivered it at his call, and it was entitled Digital Transformation in Context. So, Greg, Let's start there. What is digital transformation? How would you define it for our listeners? Well, Chuck, that's a it's really a very good question. I wish I had a succinct answer for you. I just don't. Um, Digital transformation sounds like something that businesses really need to be doing. And it's certainly a big hype issue right now and a big buzzword in the technology space. But in business, we've been doing digital transformation for years, really even maybe decades If you think about uh, maybe when a website replaced a printed catalog in your business, you know, that's a perfect example of of digital transformation. You sort of transformed from something very manual to something much more digital. And so it's really probably as, as simple as that. But then the reason it's maybe gotten so much hype these days is that as technology advances, then we have many more options to digitize a new uh, or transform a new uh, operation in our business. So think about things like maybe art. So here's a good one. So access to your smartphone. Back in the old days, we had to type in a, a passcode, you know, one, two, three, four. Now use your fingerprint or facial recognition. And that's a perfect example of, of a new digital transformation that you've made. You've gone from something manual to something uh, much more digital. Or maybe even you type a command on some computer. Now you just ask Alexa or Siri or somebody. And so those are good examples of the more current technologies. And because of those things, then digital transformation is getting a whole new birth, rebirth, whole a lot more hype and talk about these days. And so really digital transformation is really more about replacing repetitive operations that requires people. And so we're, we're learning how to replace those 
repetitive operations from a person with with something we might call a robotic process automation. And so, uh, and and so you think, well, wait a minute, robotics. You think about some mechanical arm moving or you know installing a part in a car on an assembly line is not that robotic at all. Not that kind of robotics. It's really all about software. And so, artificial intelligence and digital transformation are really all about software, not not hardware. And so, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, as you were as you were talking, it, it made me think something you said in the previous episode that organizations have done all the big things. And I think you were referencing mm-hmm. a hospital maybe at that particular time. But anyway, they've done the big things, but IoT would allow them to some, make changes in the smaller things. So have impact in the smaller things and maybe some of the routine things that you're talking about could be the smaller things. Well, you're right. And, and you know, we've done the big things like the, the change, replacing our printed catalog with a website. That's a, that's the big thing, right? We got those big things out of the way. But now, you know, if your customer can download an app on their phone or tablet and do it in 30 seconds, you know, something that's going to improve their life, then they certainly would think twice about having to call your 800 number and wait on hold and talk to a person about buying your products. And so digital transformation is really all about customer experience these days. And customer experience is huge. It's all about improving your customer's experience. So if you can do small things that your customer's already accustomed to, something they've learned to do in their own private lives, on their own computer, on their own you know, smartphone or something, and then and then they come to your business, then obviously your business has to be providing them that kind of a service in a way that they, they expect to receive it. So customer experience is a huge driver for digital transformation. Okay. So in the context of digital transformation, what is artificial intelligence? <clears throat> so artificial intelligence is, sounds like science fiction, but it's been around a long time. It's really all about creating computer systems getting computers to do or perform tasks that normally would require human intelligence. And so an easy one to think about there is, um, and this is something you go to, go to any, go to your Google Chrome browser and type in Google translate and you'll get a little box and you can literally speak into your computer a sentence in English and immediately it will translate that back into an audible signal into whatever language you chose. And it sounds right. It's not a machine. What we've done there is that Google, just as an example of artificial intelligence, that's exactly what's going on out there in the cloud somewhere. This, this server is listening to your voice, figuring out what language you're speaking, and then translating that back into a digital stream that really equates into that, that foreign language. And so we're teaching, we've taught a computer now to do something that used to take a human to do, which is translate from one language to another. That's really what AI is all about. And, and the reason that it's getting so much attention again these days, it's not something new, getting a lot of attention because we're in the age of big data. When you have lots of information, lots of data on a particular thing, a thing that needs to be repeated over time. Then when you have more data, you're able to teach this computer, not just to go 80% of the way, maybe with old in the old ways, we could have done it 80%, but now we can take it to 99% and make it much so much better than it was uh, before. And that's all about teaching a computer to do a thing 
that a human normally would require. But then the more information you can give the computer, the better it gets at it. And once you're able to sort of now feed that artificial intelligence engine with a regular input of data, then it learns from its own mistakes. It learns and gets better and better and better and better and better. And so that's what an AI engine is in today's uh, market space. Where do you see AI in its adoption as a technology? Yeah. So it's hard to really speak to that because it, it, it's continually being implemented and accepted by uh, businesses. And, and the reason for that is because it's become easier to deliver. You know, you think about a day when we kind of knew about IBM Watson and we saw it, you know, win on Jeopardy or something, you think, well, that's amazing. That's cool. But what does that have to do with me? And so there was maybe only IBM Watson. Well, now Google and Microsoft and just about anybody else who wants to have started to build their own intelligence engines that then you can implement with an API, an application programming interface into your own um, software tools, maybe like SAP or something. And so at that point, it's now becoming easier, not saying it's easy, but it's becoming easier to integrate an artificial intelligence engine into your big data stream where you have lots of information coming in. And instead of having a person who has to sort of load all this stuff into a spreadsheet and look at it carefully and sort it out and make decisions on what we should be doing with this all this data, and instead you have this engine who's able to do it in the background, do it silently and give you good intelligence, make good decisions for you in the background. And now you take that person who used to run the spreadsheet, you give them something more important to do, something that only a human can do. You mentioned Google Translate, IBM Watson. Are there other AI examples that we may already be using and familiar with? Sure. Just not thinking of it as artificial intelligence? Well, one that we probably work with more often than we think is in the context of, of a contact center. And so, you know, a contact center, if you have a, uh, you do business with your cable company or with the telephone company or someone big that you need to call for customer service about a billing issue or a service issue or whatever it is, all of those big companies have contact centers. We've all done it. Call them on the phone. You wait and wait and wait. You finally get someone. They're really sort of a rookie. They're, you know, they're, they're just to sort of triage your call. You go through the whole process. What's my name? What's my customer number? Blah, 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 blah. And then they finally says, okay, wait, I need to transfer you to someone who really knows how to answer your question. You have to start all over again. And so we're all accustomed to that. And that customer experience is just awful. It's awful. So now take the contact center software that is managing what those contact center agents do for a living. It's, it's the software where they're keying in your name and your customer number and what your issue is. They key all that information in. And as they do that now, apply an artificial intelligence uh, engine to that. And instead of now having a person have to answer the phone and you have to wait for an available person to answer the phone, then the AI engine answers the telephone. 
And so in effect, you're talking now, and, and it's not it's not a computerized voice. It sounds human, very, very human. You're talking to this AI, I'll call it a robot. It's talking to this AI robot. You're talking in natural English. It's understanding in natural language. It gives you, it's very sympathetic. It wants to help. It, it really has answers to your questions. It says, how did we do? Is this all good? And so you're talking to what you think you're talking to, a very intelligent contact center representative. And really, you're talking to a, a computer. You're talking to an AI robot who's now, the fir- its first job is to deflect calls from live agents, the people, right? Because the people represent probably 80% of the call center's cost structure. So the AI engine first, it maybe takes the initial call, does the triage, gets you started. Then it might think about language. And so you have people calling who speak English, who speak Spanish, who speak some other language. You know, you're able to, you used to would press a button, press one for English, press two for Spanish, whatever. Instead of you having to do that, you just speak your natural language. If you're speaking Spanish, it hears Spanish. Remember the Google Translate example, hears Spanish, and it responds to the customer in Spanish immediately. And the customer feels immediately at home. They know they're speaking with someone who speaks their language. And so understanding and speaking of the customer's language is a great front end. Again, you're still talking to this AI robot. And then the cool thing is it's able to make decisions, not just based on what you've said, words you said, but also it can make decisions based on, on emotion and tone and inference. For instance, there's a lot of difference in, let me talk to your supervisor and let me talk to your supervisor. You know, you, mm-hmm. someone's angry. It can, it can understand that. And it says, I'm sorry to hear that. Let me find my supervisor for you right now. And so, so this, and, and again, you've never actually talked to a human. Well, at some point you may need to. <clears throat> and if you talk to, when you talk to the human, now all the things you've talked to this robot about gets transferred immediately to the human agent. They see it all in real time, right in front of them. And then the artificial intelligence robot gives the live agent what to do next, what to say, what approach to take. This person's already angry. Uh, you might want to take this approach or here's a, here's something that didn't work. Here's the next option. We're taking a contact center now, which is so common in our sort of business ecosystem and creating this whole new customer experience on the front end that makes the customer less angry. They get better answers and we're able to much better utilize our human assets in the background and cut down on the cost of our overall call center by having perhaps fewer humans. So listen, that's just an example I think that most people would would get because we've all talked to a contact center at some point. Right, I, I get it. And, and in my day-to-day job, that seems to be where I encounter discussions of artificial intelligence. Mm. Some of us went out to ISC West a couple of months ago they talked about gunshot detection. And I know that was an example that you used in your presentation in talking about artificial intelligence that cities could react to gunshots by responding better, by identifying and recognizing those. Hanwha had a great display out there that demonstrated some of that technology. You know, that's a good way to combine. And we talked about IoT in another session. And so, here, what we're doing is combining IoT and AI. 
a lot of acronyms here, but that's where we are these days. <laughs> and so, so the, the IOT part of that discussion is that let's say in a city in a, in a downtown sort of, you know, a metropolitan area, you have light poles uh, everywhere. And at the top of those light poles probably is a light, but also up there, you can put all sorts of other things. You can put, you know, video cameras for, for surveillance and that kind of thing, but you can also put a microphone and you put a microphone up there. And this, now this, the, the, the devices at the top of this light pole are connected via Wi-Fi or cellular something back to a host. And now we can pick up sounds in a city, but then, so there's the, there's the sensor, if you will, Mm -hmm. we've put sensors now all over the downtown area, but then what do you do with it? So here you have, Someone, there might be a car backfire or, you know, a clap of a hand or something that might sound a firecracker. Maybe it sounds maybe like a gunshot, but it's the artificial intelligence engine that has to be able to delineate between a backfire, a firecracker and a gunshot. And it's information that has to be done in real time. It can't be something you have to send away for processing. It's got to be known right now because a gunshot is something you need to respond to. And so that gunshot detection is a good way to think about combining IoT and AI in the same in the same solution there. And there are a bunch of other kinds of uh, scenarios where you can combine IoT and, and AI. With IoT, it was about producing data, capturing data, uh, recording mm-hmm. that. And I guess that's what makes uh, artificial intelligence smart is, is the data that IOT is collecting and uh, generating. Yeah, that's right. So go back to what makes an AI engine smart. It's big data. If you just give it, you know, 10 pieces of data, you're only going to get a small amount of intelligence. But if you give it 10 million pieces, then it, it can really learn about all the various nuances and all the various possibilities that might arise in a business circumstance over some period of time. It makes better decisions. And so that's what IoT is doing. You might have a thousand sensors out there sensing vibration or sound or motion or moisture or whatever those sensors are sensing. And all that data is being fed back in along with the ambient temperature and the time of day and the month of the year and what the outside and inside environments are. And so it takes all of that information. And now it it actually is able now not just to give you a response, but even predict the future. Because the more information, the more you know about what's happened in the past, then the more able you are to predict the future. And you know, a farmer's almanac has been doing that for a hundred years. If you think about it, it just looks at what's going on for the last hundred years. And it says, well, here's what's likely to happen next year. Well, with IOT and AI, we not only can come with a fairly good estimate of what's going to happen this coming year, but also I can tell you with almost certainty what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. And so it gives me the ability to make micro changes to my business environment. Maybe the price of my product or how I'm delivering or or the color that people tend to buy more in the spring than they do in the fall. All sorts of things I can tell that helps me adjust my business practices in micro ways so that I can uh, make better profit, more sales, better better products, more better decisions, whatever those things are that I do is, is my business practice. Coming back to what you described in the previous podcast, the the business outcomes, right? 
That's right. Really, IoT is about business outcomes, generating business outcomes. And AI is about generating better business outcomes. And again, we've done the big things to solve our big problems, but AI helps us with that fine tuning out at the edge. No, can I make a small change here and make a small change in my efficiency, my profitability, my um, waste, so that in the long run, it makes a big difference to my, my bottom line, perhaps. It really is something, the data that we're capturing today and in, in analyzing and using to make decisions. How have you invested in AI technologies to help your partners deliver solutions that leverage AI to improve specific business outcomes? So, you know, it's a, it's a hard thing to really point your finger at because, like I said earlier, AI is not a product mm-hmm. that you sell. It's not, a, it's not a thing that sits on a shelf or a piece of software you just plug in somewhere and utilize. It really has to be carefully integrated into a whole solution. And so, so for instance, in, in our situation, we have, uh, let's go back to the contact center environment. So we have Avaya and Mitel contact center um, solutions that come forward, and we're able to sell that contact center solution, perhaps with or without this AI engine. And it's something that's added on, but we don't do that. All we do is we're providing that artificial intelligence to the contact center user, and if that's something that they want. And so we really depend on our supplier partners like Avaya and Mitel, just to use two examples. Those are the guys who are doing, who are providing the science and the data science in the background. Our job is to deliver those products that come from from our our vendor suppliers. Well, I definitely appreciate ScanSource paying attention to these emerging technologies and the energy you have spent to educate the partner community, so that we can better help our customers transform their businesses. Greg, do you have any final thoughts as we end another episode of the Hiscall Technology Podcast? Well, one last thing I guess I'll say is that I mentioned earlier that maybe digital transformation is something that we've all been doing all along, and it's really easy. It's really easy for a business to become a little bit um, jaded, a little bit, oh, well, we've done all the things that we need to do, or we've done the big things. Thank you very much. But I'm going to tell you, Business competition, competition between businesses has gotten fierce out at that thin edge that I talked about, out in that, not in the 80%, but in the 1%. And it's the customer who ultimately makes the decision as to where they buy their product or their service. And I'm going to tell you, it's not the big things that help them make those decisions these days, but it's those tiny little nuances about how you do business and can you do you run your business as a reseller? Do you run your business in a way that's commensurate with how you're wanting me to me to run my business? And if you're sort of behind the times, then likely the solution you're going to provide me is going to be behind the times as well. So I think a lot of our the folks in our channel, the channel partners, distributors as well as resellers all need to really think carefully about how we run our businesses. And, you know, sometimes we have to, we, it's, we don't want to be the cobbler's children, you know, where the cobbler made shoes for everybody else's kids and his, you know, went to school barefoot. 
I think we as, a, as channel partners really need to, to make sure that we're running our businesses and projecting forward to our end customers these fine new technologies that really will set the difference between whether a customer buys our product or, or someone else's. That really is a fantastic word. It is the little things that differentiate us and makes us different from our competitors. Thank you for that. That's excellent. As we wrap up today, I want to take an opportunity to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, I hope you will leave some encouraging reviews on your favorite podcast application. And uh, as we wrap up today, we'll close out as always. Don't be afraid, only believe. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the His Call Technology Podcast. Subscribe to this podcast so you can stay up to date with today's business communication trends. To learn more about His Call solutions for your business needs or to listen to previous podcasts, visit us at our website, hiscall.com.